Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the Resurrection of Our Lord, or Easter Sunday, for the week of April 17th, 2022. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited because we have made it to Easter. It's amazing to think about that we already are here at the Easter season and what that means for us, and how often... It feels like a long road when we first enter into Lent and as we trudge through this to kind of get this conclusion, to get the final piece of it is powerful. It's an important piece to be able to do as we are able to then prepare ourselves for this moment, to be able to recognize the beginning of the Easter season. But I think also one of the things that we need to recognize in this is that Easter is a season, is not a day. And I think that's one of the things that we'll kind of elaborate a little bit more on, but especially as we look at next week, that this resurrection, the reappearance of Jesus, did not happen to all the disciples and everybody all at once. It was a process of Jesus appearing to the disciples. And so I think there's this part that we have to keep and hold loosely of how God is continuing to reveal God's self to us and how God is continuing to show his disciples who God is at different points. And I think that's something that is worth holding on to. It's worth recognizing. So let's look at the question that we had for last week. What are you willing to sacrifice as an individual and as a community? I think one of the things that I really appreciated this last week was the community stepping up and noticing that I made an error in last week's podcast where I said the Holy Roman Empire, and that didn't occur for another couple centuries. It was the Roman Empire. And so the sacrifice here of even being able to recognize that, yes, I was wrong. And if you look in last week's show notes, I've already corrected that. But I think it's also recognizing is for us that sacrifice can take the form of many different things. Yes, it can take, like I was kind of talking about last week, the recognition of looking at the environment and trying to look beyond just what makes my life easier, but also looking at what is going to benefit all of us better, that there isn't a planet B. But I think it's also sacrificing time. There's times where we need to be able to sacrifice time for others and be that listening ear. Those times where we need to be observant so that we can actually understand and read between the lines, if you want to put it that way, of what people are saying. To understand that there are times and places that they really need us to just listen, to observe, to hear when we don't necessarily want to do that. We want to sometimes move beyond it faster than we really should. And I think that's one of the things that we wrestle with as humans is that we want to keep moving. And we, especially as an American who is so individual person focused, that we have to be able to look and move beyond that. We need to be able to be in a place where we recognize that the community is more important. Working together is more important than just whatever I'm going through that they have to be held in check, that you can't get too much of the community, but you can't get too much of the individual. It's finding that equal ground. And I think as Americans, we really wrestle with that. And we really probably should spend some more time out in the community to be able to actually just the sacrifice of making sure that community is part of that. So let's just jump into it this week. 
I'm not entirely sure how to introduce these texts because there's a lot of different ways that we can do this. There's, I'm not going to get into the Easter Vigil text or Monday, Thursday, or Good Friday text. I'm going to get into the resurrection of our Lord. So the Old Testament text, I'm going to jump to Isaiah chapter 65 verses 17 through 25. This is a, kind of a celebration, especially how we will hear it on Easter Sunday. But it's this text that is talking about at this time that there is this time coming when things are going to be made new, that there is going to be rejoicing, that the cries of distress and weeping that has been heard are acknowledged. And that there is something that God is creating that God is going to make that is going to kind of wipe the slate clean in a lot of ways. And I like how it states here in verse 17 to create new heavens and a new earth. And I know that's a phrase that gets used a lot, but this reimagining how things are. And I think as we are on this side of the cross, this side of the resurrection, we can see that, that this is a moment that kind of changed everything. And especially where Isaiah was on the other side of the cross, that this is the moment that kind of recognizes and revitalizes the whole thing. The psalm this week is Psalm 118, verses 1 and 2 and 14 through 24. This is recognizing the steadfast love that God has for us, recognizing that there is the love that God has for us, for life, the love that God has for us to be able to overcome death, the love that God has that he enters into and tries to make this powerful thing, this powerful connection with us. Verse 22, the stone that the builders rejected have become the chief cornerstone is one of the verses that's probably been recited a lot. Also one and two of, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. This rejoicing, this look at what God has done type of psalm is super, super powerful. One of the New Testament texts that you can choose this week is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 19 to 26. Paul, like Paul typically does, is kind of helping us recognize what the power of what happened. So especially like as you get from verse 20 to 23. But in fact, Christ was raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead also came through a human being. For as all die in Adam, we are made alive in Christ, but each of his own order. Christ, the first fruits, then comes those who belong to Christ. This idea of how with Christ's death and the way that Christ did it, we are not just dying in this life, but the resurrection, we are also dying into the resurrection of what Christ did for us and recognizing that. And as it kind of states here in the last few verses of 25 and 26, that this was then the power of the final death of death itself. That this killed the last enemy of death itself. The text that can be used both as a first or second reading is Acts chapter 10 verses 34 through 43. This is kind of an interesting text in general just to kind of have because it's jumping ahead quite a ways after the resurrection of our Lord. But Peter acknowledging that the death was not for particular people. It was for the people who followed Christ in general and the people who come to believe and how this had been promised through history that this was going to be done and how this transcended what had been done, that this was 
what brought heaven down to earth in a real way. And it connected God with us. And so that we testified to this living of the dead, that this brought life out of something that was supposed to bring death. And that this brought forgiveness of sins through his name's sake because of what Christ then did for us. The gospel, there is two different gospels that you can choose this Sunday, so we'll go through both of them. One gospel is out of John chapter 20, verses 1 to 18. So this is where you have Mary going to the tomb as she is on the way. Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and especially if you listen to Caroline Lewis this week in Working Preacher, she talks a little bit about that, and if you're wanting to dig into that a little bit more. But this foot race that you have between Peter and the other disciple, and how they find the linens just folded at the top of the burial tomb, which we get a whole description of in verse 7, and that they're kind of in and out. And then Mary kind of hangs around, and you have the two angels there who are asking why is she weeping, and why, you know, asking where it's been laid, and she hears another voice and assumes it's the gardener, and where have you been taken away? And that's when Jesus responds to her by name. And Jesus then telling Mary to go and tell the other disciples and tell her about the things that she has seen. The other gospel is out of Luke chapter 24, verses 1 to 12. Again, this is where it's kind of picking up where we picked off the passion last week. So they've been working and gathering the spices. They waited on Saturday because that was the holy day. So they're returning to the tomb. They roll away the stone. They did not find the body. They're perplexed. There's people in white clothes. The women are all terrified, but they ask, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. And then it gets into this stating of, do you remember when he was with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be handed over to sinners to be crucified and on the third day rise again. And remembering these words. And so then you get the names of the women who are there. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women who went and told the apostles. And you get this amazing line in verse 11 that they thought it was an idle tale. They did not believe. Peter runs to the tomb, looks in, sees the linens there, then goes home and is amazed at what's happened. We have a lot of, in conclusion here, a lot of what is going on that's in this text. And it's really fun to contemplate. But before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do a shameless plug. But Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between the Sermon Brainways podcast or commentaries or discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis. And heck, I've already brought them up in this podcast. Having three to four different seminary professors breaking down these texts in their podcast, along with having other biblical scholars breaking down and making commentaries on these texts, I'd highly recommend, if you haven't already checked out Working Preacher, they're one of the major resources that help make this podcast possible for me to do week after week. The other resource that I really enjoy using and I have to give a shout out to is the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. I really like how they lay out the text here and being able to look and see and especially like 
Holy Week, which we just went through, going through what the texts are for every day, seeing the different ones. If you want to look at like what are all the texts for each visual, which there's like 20, you could see that. And they're all listed there. And I find it super, super helpful. But one of the additional things that I really find helpful is the art section. Being able to look at how different people have interpreted these texts artistically throughout time, throughout space throughout continental locations. It's really fun to be able to see how different people have interpreted these texts. So if you haven't checked out the revised common lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library, I'd highly recommend that also. Why do you look for the living among the dead? It was one of the questions that in the text study that I was at this last week, that was talked about and we didn't really get anywhere i will say we kind of spun our tires but it was something that we questioned and thought about and worked on and not on for a while and i think it's an interesting place to be because yes it's a place where we often find ourselves and try finding meaning and try finding understanding in death and when we're looking for something that we aren't necessarily expecting. But I think also one of the things that I do find perplexing a little bit about this is we see that this is being told to the people who are seeking, the ones who are actually going to see what is going on, to pay some final respects as we get in the Luke text for sure of how Mary Magdalene is preparing things and we see Mary in the John text that the stone had already been rolled away and that she came to the tomb and you get the idea that she's kind of just sitting there and pondering and sad trying to understand what's going on and then you get this weird foot race of those trying to run and quickly see and quickly understand. I think in a lot of ways this is a story of Mary This is a story of this isn't something that's quickly absorbed. Peter in both of these kind of just goes quickly, absorbs, and then goes home to process. Mary has to sit there a while and is trying to wrap her head around it right now. Pay those respects and say, what is going on now? What does this mean? Has the body just been taken? Where is this person that I've spent so much time with that has now appeared to be gone? What does that mean then when you suddenly get this text in Luke? Why are you looking for the dead among the, why are you looking for the living among the dead when they didn't know? But yet the angels reminding them that this was something that was mentioned and talked to them and didn't you <laughs> absorb that? I think this is something that we often miss in our own lives. And yet there's these stunning reminders that we have that we miss. So this last week, I stumbled across a great little short indie film that Seeker, the YouTube channel, and they're a great scientific resource. I really enjoy some of the deep dives on deep scientific topics. But this was talking about endangered red pandas, that they're in the Himalayans. And while there, especially in Nepal, there is more and more of these red pandas that are dying. There's thought to be only about 2,500 red pandas left in the wild. Now, red pandas, like giant pandas, feast on bamboo. The big difference is red pandas are about the size of like a fox or a raccoon, that they're much smaller, they're endangered, 
And one of the threats of not only deforestation and making where the forest is becoming pockets, but also that they're running across poaching. And this film that I'll attach in the show notes does a really good job kind of talking through that and how there's this group called the Firefox Guardians that have been trying to, on one small section that's a reserve, that they're kind of trying to track the population and take care in a hands-off type of approach, but making sure that you're at least getting population and seeing how they're doing. And in the about 15-minute film, they go through how this group of guardians is going to check on where there was a nest last year and talking about how red pandas have the tendency of not making the greatest nests in the world, that there are holes in them. And so it's not uncommon for the young to literally fall through a hole in the nest and fall to their death. So they're going to see if the young panda made it through the year and is surviving. And this is a multiple day trek and talking about how difficult the terrain and different things are. And they're trying to get there before monsoon when it really gets dangerous. So they go to the area where the nest is initially and don't find things. And so they took the easy path and don't find things. And on day three, they take the more difficult path, the path that they know could be quite dangerous. And that's when they find the yearling that this one made it through. Along with there's a story about how this is also a woman as part of this group and how the obstacles that she's had to overcome becoming the first woman to be part of these Firefox Guardian group and showing that she can be part of this conservation effort. In a lot of ways, I feel that this embodies the gospel text a lot and what really this whole beginning of this season is about. First, here we have the story of a woman fighting the odds to be part of this group, to be part of a group that goes and finds and is part of the conservation effort. And she's understanding the difference that this could make, understanding the power of what is going on. We, I think our 21st century eyes glaze over the fact of how little females are mentioned in scripture. And here we have two gospel texts going through the event and emphasizing the women, trying to emphasize that this is a culminating point, that this is a very important point. And this is some of the most detailed conversations that we have of Mary. Granted, we do have other conversations, but talking about how much depth that we get in these Jesus calling her by name, asking why she is weeping, all these things, these emotions, these feelings, how we get in the Luke text of the things that we miss, the things that were you not listening to what is being said? And that kind of relates to what we've been talking about a lot lately, the different scientists who are laying down evidence, who are talking about how There's things that are going on. We're going to have mass extinctions. We're making it more difficult on our human species to live. That doesn't even account for the species that can't speak, the language that we understand. But what I also found in this documentary that really embodies these texts, and especially the Gospels well, is they have to go and seek. They have to go and find. They have to go and look. Their curiosity They're wanting to pay final respects. They're paying homage. 
forces them, strives them to continue to go deeper, to continue to go looking. And I think about how often in my life, especially being trained as a scientist, being an ecologist in different parts of my life, you can't just cast the net and say, well, they're out there. You have to go and look for them. You have to go and figure out where they will be. You have to go and spend time with them to be able to understand them, to be able to better understand whatever you're studying. You need to go and spend time. You need to go and look. You need to go and see for your own eyes sake, for your own ears sake. Peter, even in the Acts reading and where he gets to, trying to explain to the people the history of what has happened and trying to get them to be able to understand. This is what we've seen. This is what we've experienced. This is what we've gone through. This is why Jesus changed all this. This is the promise that was made in Isaiah. This is the promise that we've heard in the Psalms. Paul reiterating it in his own way, going through and acknowledging, can't you put the dots together? Can't you see that this changed everything? That this was the final thing that needed to happen for things to happen? And we get that in the Luke text. I just also find it very interesting in this text that how often are we like Peter and we run to the tomb and observe it quick and then run away? Did Peter miss out on his opportunity to to speak with the angels or talk with the Lord earlier than where we'll get next week with the twelve? And Jesus appearing to them because Peter was in a rush, because Peter didn't want to feel, because Peter didn't want to sit there with those emotions. You need to go and run and hide. I think about that with even the environment, how often we go to places and, oh, look, the beautiful vista. Let me take a quick picture. Let me just observe it quick and move along. How often do we actually sit there and spend an hour and observe? How often do we keep going back to a place day after day after day and sit there a while to understand it, to ponder it, to understand the rhythms of what is going on. Mary is trying to probably gather herself, be able to process what's going on, and who cares that the tomb is empty? This is the place that I last saw my Savior die. This is the place that I last saw him. This is the place then that I want to be with them. Mary is going through the motions and the processing of a funeral trying to gather herself, and she gets surprised. But yet she still went and seek to see and to find and pay respects. The sad thing of where I'm looking, especially like when we hear in the Red Panda story at the very end, how many things that we acknowledge that are beautiful, things that we enjoy, are we watching disappear and we're not paying our respects? Or we're not spending enough time with them to be able to recognize the amazing gifts that they do? Red pandas change the whole ecosystem there and help in the process of that ecosystem to be able to thrive. If you lose that animal, the ecosystem would dramatically change and probably wouldn't be as healthy. It would take a while for another animal to adapt to be able to help monitor the forest the way that a red panda does. Without Christ and what Christ did, we are still like in the Old Testament doing our sacrifices to this distant God who isn't as connected to us. What Christ did for us changed the landscape, changed the ecosystem. And are we going to actually acknowledge that? Acknowledge those changes of what Christ did, but it also means that we need to seek. We need to look. We need to go deeper. We need to keep looking. 
We can't give up even as the terrain gets difficult. We can't give up even when the odds are stacked against us. We can't give up when people tell us there's no use doing that. You can't do that. You have to keep figuring out a way to be able to go where God is calling you to go. To spend time with your Savior in the places where you feel like God is wanting you to spend time. To acknowledge the gifts of everything around you. Easter is the season of recognition of slowly the veil being taken back from our eyes to recognize the risen Lord. Jesus doesn't have this triumphant resurrection story. In fact, we'll see over the next six weeks how it continues to slowly roll out. It's not, I'm back and I'm going to announce it everywhere. It's very slow, deliberate, person by person, just like how we come to faith, just how we come to understand things. It's a very personal way, just like we all learn at different paces. And as we learn about the environment, as I've talked to you about red pandas, when was the last time that you spent time literally thinking about the endangered species of the red panda? How much did you know about them? Have your eyes now been opened up to a little bit more of the red panda and specifically what's going on in the bamboo forest of Nepal with the red panda? Christ does that for us. But that also means that we need to go and look. We need to go and spend time. We need to understand. Even when things look bleak, it's still worth going and seeing. So the question that I have for you this week is, where do you need to spend time? Where do you need to spend time? In a world of hustle and bustle, in a world of going faster and faster, I argue that I think as humans, we need to figure out ways to make time for each other, for the environment, for care, because those are the moments that we see as significant. And those are the moments where I feel like God comes near. And if we really want to be followers of Christ and to be able to be in God's presence, that means that we need to be with Christ. That means we need to make the time to listen, to hear, to spend time with God in the places that God is. We need to seek and to find where God is and then spend time there. Not quickly run away. Because when answers and stuff happen, is the people who sit there and take some time. The people who go and seek and find and look. There's a divine nature to it. It's one of the things that I really enjoy about birding. It's frustrating when I'm looking for something and you look and look and look and look and look and you don't find it. But it makes it all the more rewarding when you do. And you sit and observe and absorb because you realize how special it is. And I think... That's one of the things we struggle to absorb as, and that's why we have an Easter season, but we don't often acknowledge it because we want to sit there and spend some time there and absorb it a little bit. And that takes some time. So sit there, take some time, absorb it. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, spring is a great time. There's a lot of frustrating thing is I'm watching snowfall right now as we have can't decide if we're fully switching over or not, but I know spring will come. If you're in the southern hemisphere and you're watching fall happen, you can watch the change. You can watch how things are drawing close to each other as they are preparing for what is to come. But we have to sit and wait and hold that to really observe that, to understand that. And that is the power of what Easter is all about. What that resurrection is all about the forgiveness of sins yes but that spending time 
in acknowledging it and wanting to spend more time with our Savior. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.